0: chance on here, Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in Christian Pulisic for Chelsea 1-0 Quick thinking by Alisson and it's Salah could lift it still Salah so long, two strikes as quick as lightning.
1: The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Champions League returned this midweek, but we've got another stellar weekend of Premier League action to preview. As Chelsea head over to Tottenham, West Ham United hosts Manchester United and last season's best of the mid-table Aston Villa will host Everton on Saturday at 12.30pm we've got plenty of other games to preview from the Premier League uh, but those are the few that caught my eye for this week of course uh, Javier he's here as uh, as usual as every episode good to have you back man you get finally finally on the board with some points Arsenal 1-0 win over Norwich last weekend and heading to Burnley finally full on of the confidence board. I should have known it
0: was going to be close and nervy and it wasn't going to be easy I don't know how I confidently Yeah, but what's important that we is would that get you a won.
1: 3-1. This seems to seems to be a general theme of uh, this podcast now that you know ever since Arsenal's terrible start to the season I just start out with like Javier how you doing how's your mental health like Arsenal are well, yeah, terrible. Yeah, you've got
0: to check in on me because you know with 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 So Arsenal it's only right fans, to do it
1: again with a win. Yeah, with Arsenal you, know, fans, kinda... you
0: never you never know how you know how far a win will take our delusion or how far a loss will take us deeper into our despair. So you know, it's always good to to ask if we're doing all right. You know,
1: yeah. Just for context, guys, there have been uh, mostly weekends. Usually, it dissipates by the time we come to record on Wednesdays. But there have been times after Arsenal results in years past where Javier's just been like, I don't know if I can do this, man. Like, <laughs> like that was so awful. I don't know what to talk about, and I'm just like, hey, man, take your frustration out in in you know verbal fashion. Just go for it, uh, but. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll focus it on you guys first. There's plenty of other t- stuff to talk about. But no, you no, guys no, 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 no. We always Saturday, do that, Alex.
0: No, no, no. You
1: know what? No, no. Uh, Javier, I, like I said, we're going to do it to you when oh you lose. So God, it's only Alex. fair. I don't want to be seen as bullying you. So I want to do it when you guys win. You know, you're upbeat now. You got your full team back. Five of your uh, new signings started. The only one that missed out was uh, Tavares. And that's fine because Tierney was starting. It was a good looking lineup. I didn't get to watch the full game. What was the general consensus after a 1 0 win at home against Norwich?
0: So, I mean, generally, it, it Going into this Burnley yeah, game, of course. Because they are
1: two different affairs. It was what
0: I said it was going to be. It was a completely different team when we had our full choice lineup on the pitch. You know, we, we were able to actually bring on Partey and the Tomas in like the 60th minute. And actually, have the full team. Lakonga came off, so we didn't get to see Lakonga and 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 Thomas hook up. But Ainsley Mate and Niles looked decent. He looked, you know, obviously a little bit nervous at times. Gave away the ball a couple times in the first half. Uh, but for the most part, he was pinging balls through the midfield, making tackles. That spell at West Brom, you know, prepared him to to play in this midfield, and he's he, he's an option that's I think better than Al Nenny or Xhaka for sure. Um, And I like him as the third midfielder, you know, Tomas hopefully can play a lot of games this season and then look, uh, Sambi and Ainsley Maitland-Niles can swap with that other spot. I'm sure Xhaka will play some games, but I'd I'd like to phase him out as much as possible. You know, with, with a performance like that, like he played really well in the midfield, that's the type of thing we need. Um, Tomayasu. Wait,
1: just on Xhaka real quick, I'll believe it when I see Xhaka back available after that red card, because obviously he's suspended for, I guess, three games, and Arteta doesn't pick him, because I think as soon as Xhaka's back, he's uh, Arteta's going to you know go back to his Xhaka and then try, try Partey next to him, and it, that might not be terrible, but I agree with you that he should try to phase Xhaka out, even though they just signed him to a new deal and all that, but... I, I just can't. I just can't see it happening, and he'll continue to cost you guys games. That's why. I mean, you'll be fine for uh, this. Might might be the best thing to happen to you because he was the one who scored the own goal at Burnley last year, right? It, uh, there was like a pass across or a shot across his own goal, and it went off him and into and and into, <laughs> past Leno. Yeah, so n- no, Jack could have fucked things up like he did against City or like he did last year against Burnley. Maybe you guys have a have a shot. You usually have a good record at Burnley the last couple seasons before. I know we all joke about it, but you guys usually scored late winners there, and you know Aubameyang would shine. Uh, are you confident that with <laughs> yeah. your full strength lineup? Yeah, you're going to you know get a similar result. I think
0: our new additions. Are going to help us a lot in this type of game. I was just going to talk about the biggest change that I saw in the team was the back line, which was, first of all, having Bram's dealing goal. He's much more vocal than Leto, much more energetic, just commands the area on free kicks and corners much better. Like, obviously, he's played on teams like Sheffield United, where for a couple of seasons he... You know the team was based a lot on free kicks and set pieces, and and uh, the back line being extremely important. And you know he was he was instrumental in that in that run that they made. You know when Sheffield United.
1: No, he was on he was on he was on Bournemouth that year. He moved to Sheffield the year they got relegated. Okay,
0: but he I mean he won Player of the Season for them. He was he still yeah it yeah. was still he was still like you know an important part of their team. I know they got relegated, but his leadership along with. Tomiyasu at right back, who he's like six foot two, hardworking, skilled player, makes doesn't doesn't seem to make bad decisions, like didn't give away the ball at any point during the game. Um, and he, him
1: and Odegaard seem like they're the two most ready made players for like Absolutely. playing right now. He's
0: super. Re- he looks super ready made. Like he looks like he's just ready to play immediately.
1: But like I, I told you via text many times, right back Marcus Alonso. Just a big guy who he won. He won. You know, can I think seven move. out
0: of eight aerial duels in sixty-five minutes, and you could tell. So there were so many times that there were balls that they tried to get out to the their left winger or out to, um, you know, the striker, and it was on Ben White's side. And Ben White's, you know, obviously like a little bit on the shorter side of a center back. I think he's only six foot. Um, but you could tell that with Gabriel on his left side, Gabriel's got a huge leap on him. He's six three. Yeah, Tomiyasu on his right. The the aerial balls were just picked off the entire time, and you know I'm sure if Cantwell and Rashi Rashi that new signing that they have, if they had both started, I'm sure that would have been harder for for the both of those players to just pick off all the passes. But and if
1: Billy had started, and if Billy had what was started, yeah. Farka thinking? Come on. Billy Gilmore, you've got like the Scottish, the Scottish Iniesta in your midfield, and you're just ignoring him. You hate to see it, but that being said, this is a, this is a different threat. It is. Like, I, I know Norwich; they're I, they're pretty root Burnley one, but they're not, not, a, not as aerial form, ball.
0: They're not. They they're haven't not. started the but, season very but well. But Chris
1: Wood and Ashley Barnes, uh, you know, coming at that back line, they're going to be targeting Ben White likely again. I think they'll take a lot of lessons from that Brentford game even though you guys were obviously you know uh, less than
0: completely different team, full though. strength
1: in that I game I don't know how yeah, you can but, like I mean Ben White is still a and constant And then like you, you said the other the him. other
0: player that looked completely just uh, he was he was pretty much our best player was was Odegaard I mean the 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 kid is he's Emil he, he's 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 Emil Smith Rowe but you know 3 3 more years developed right a little bit more power Yeah and so we have we don't even need to play Emil Smith Rowe at this point right now. We could play Nicola Pepe, we can play Odegaard, Saka and Aubameyang and we could bring Smith Rowe off the bench um, to, to have an energetic 30 minutes at the end and 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 have someone who presses and, and attacks as well. So, a lot of options in attack now. Um, Lacazette's also back in the in the fold and he's another one who I want to see how he blends with with the new attacking and midfield players. Um, and then there was the, it was Ben White's passing. He had a couple of balls, 40, 50 yard balls down the field, you know, down, down the channel to Lacazette or sorry, to Aubameyang or um, to Tomayasu at one point, he could just ping balls, you know, something that we just haven't had from a center back, that accuracy of, of pass. Once we get that, that down more and take advantage of that more, you're going to see you know more goals. I mean, we had something like 3.5 expected goals We're going to scored one goal, but I think you'll see more goals from Arsenal. I think we'll win two one.
1: Two one. Okay, I'm going to say one one. I think it's still a bit too uh, a bit too early, and Burn- Burnley are starting to get into that like desperation zone where you know they're going to be desperate to get like any kind of <laughs> points from this game, whether it's a draw or or, or win. So. Uh, I'll go one-one. Uh, worth worth mentioning: Liverpool, uh, Crystal Palace. I really also want Ramsdale to start here. By
0: the way, I want. Re- I don't want Lennon yeah, 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 to come back. We, we, in the we team. know
1: you, you, you praised him. Uh, we uh, need Ramsdale. After three losses to start Rams the season, God. I would assume that you would want the keeper that played in the 1-0 win with a clean sheet to keep starting. That makes sense. But that Liverpool Crystal Palace game Saturday at 10 a.m. was made very interesting by Crystal Palace's last result a 3-0 win at home against Tottenham uh, last weekend on Saturday morning, early morning, very worth waking up for. Crystal Palace were amazing. They're going to Anfield this weekend, and I mean, I- I'm not going to try and convince you to like place a bet on them or I'm not going to pick them myself to beat Liverpool, but after that some sort of scare Liverpool got in the Champions League with AC Milan at home, I'm guessing like Crystal Palace will be thinking, like, "Oh, hold on, wait a minute here, we can... Uh, We've been playing well enough defensively that we can, you know, find some sort of balance to go to Liverpool and, you know, defend deep, but still sort of press them from midfield and then get them on the counter because Palace looked amazing against Tottenham. They didn't let Harry Kane into their box for, I think, like the whole second half. Like he didn't have a touch in their box the entire second half. They, They defended excellently. And I'm not trying to say Tottenham are on Liverpool's level, but... They had previously been playing pretty well. So, what what do you take from that that Tottenham win for Crystal Palace, and what carries over this Liverpool I think a lot of it. did Liverpool come match? to
0: the to the red card as well, um, which happened you know no, pretty early on in the second they, half. But they were
1: no, they were doing well against Tottenham even before that. They, they were, were worthy winners. They, it no, wasn't no, something that were, turned the game were, on its head. They were worthy
0: winners, but you know Tottenham in their last three games have kind of gotten away with not creating that many chances. They had. You know, they've scored three goals, and one was a a worldie from Son. Another one was... A
1: penalty. A penalty, right. And the other one was another worldie by Son, or it was the free kick against... uh, Who was it? Watford. They beat Watford 1-0.
0: Was that Son again? Yeah. So, like... Yeah, yeah. They haven't really created much from open play, and outside of individual skill, it's basically just been... Not a lot good for Tottenham. defensive yeah, work. Good defensive work that's a clinical them. finishing Exactly. But that can only last you so long and and they got caught with their pants down. You know, they thought that they could take this game. I, I think this is the the type of game that shows why you can't play Deli Alley um away from home against a hard working team that's gonna gonna press you. You can't play Ali Deli Alley, Hyungman Son, Harry Kane. Lucas Moura all in a front line.
1: Son was injured. So I I think that's the the bigger deal. I think they're in the way Nuno likes to play. It seems, and I know it's early and Kane hasn't gotten the chance to play much, but it just seems like, especially with Harry Kane having one foot out the door, the way Nuno wants to play favors Son's characteristics more than it does Kane. Like he's, uh, he wants from his uh, front players, hard work off the ball, determination to win it back and then speed and, Uh, directness once you win the ball back high up and that's like everything that you know Son, Mora and Bergwijn's kind of getting there that's everything that those players are good at and Kane is kind of a you know not that he can't fit him in obviously he can fit him in he's one of the best goal scorers in the world but uh, you have to try and make up for his deficiencies in pressing He'll, he'll work hard but he'll probably you know tweak a hamstring trying to do it so you got to be careful with him and let him focus on what he does best but for what Nuno Espirito Santo wants to do it's it, it's not exactly the, perf- the perfect fit for his kind of ideal way of playing so Son being out for that Palace game definitely you know hurt Tottenham a lot and they had little to no threat on the counter but I, I want to give Palace a lot of credit because. Their midfield was really active. They look very much better now that Joachim and- Anderson is uh, back in the, the back four, and they can move Chiku Koyate up in def- to defensive midfield to shield those two young center backs behind him. And they, they pretty much just clamped up on the middle part of the field right in front of their box. They cut off most of the passing lanes there. Like I, like I mentioned with Kane, he barely got any real, real touches of significance. Yeah, that,
0: Coyote, and that was Guye, uh, and... Um, and Gehi. Gehi. how many times do we have to do this? Gayhi, Ge- come All on, right. man. Gehi and it, why does it it doesn't look like Gehi. Um You say, you say gooey, like. gooey, Gooey, Gooey. <laughs> it's Gayhi. Come on, get it right. But yeah, uh, it's going to be the
1: England squad soon, Javier. You'll remember wow. it then.
0: uh But yeah, no, that those three are are just so solid, and you know, very quickly, I think now they're they're forming a very early partnership. But if they develop throughout the season, you know, you could see those three being but, very hard to score on
1: but i'm saying this is a threat to liverpool this weekend again i'm not going to predict that palace win but
0: i also like palace how, how free they, they just have like Co- the boukie thing with he liverpool just takes sometimes. shots takes a lot of risky passes he got two assists See, I, I was going to let
1: you bring it up and not me but because yeah, there's been, certain listeners been, of this podcast who criticize me for bringing him has been fantastic to start
0: the season he's you know I, all right he's been take he's it been away. phenomenal yeah how i how mean he's it. been he's but he's he's been he's been just kind of playing with a free spirit where it looks like he definitely wants to make it on the Chelsea team and wants to show how good he is. So, he's, you know, being incisive, shooting a lot. Sometimes it, the ball goes into the stand, honestly more often than not. He's not actually a great finisher, but he works really hard. He creates a lot of chances and just naturally he he's behind a lot of the the good work offensively that Crystal Palace need. You know, they're getting a free, you know, young prodigy attacking midfielder to play in their midfield for this season where they really need it because they don't have much creativity in that midfield.
1: I know he I know he appears as an attacking midfield, but I want to stress this again. He is a true number eight box to box, do everything midfielder. He's you're just as I mean, he's not got the experience yet to play that like base of midfield and that more experienced role and. Like that, he'll grow into that, and he'll eventually become that player. But just because he's young and has the legs for it now, he's playing high up the field. But I, I don't want to like make it seem like he's more of a Mason Mount. He's definitely more of like a, a more attacking focused Jordan Henderson type. Like he's he's going to be able to do everything. That's that's kind of what I expect from him a little bit later on in his career. Uh, so uh, yeah, and we also we can't get away with talking about Crystal Palace and their chances against Liverpool without talking about Odson Edouard, who came on in the second half when the game was 1-0. Zahad scored his penalty and scored 27 seconds into his Premier League debut. He's the 23-year-old uh, striker, the Frank striker we yeah, mentioned on I, the I transfer said, I said deadline he could get, you day who know, signed from 15, Celtic. 15,
0: 16 goals this season and... It's yeah, looking he, like he bagged he, he a second one could, could a little that. bit later
1: in the game. So he had a brace in his debut, coming off the bench against Tottenham, who were league leaders at the uh, the time this game kicked off. He surely has to start against Liverpool, and do you think he can cause a similar kind of threat to their uh, backline this weekend? I do.
0: I think. I mean, I think he's going to be a threat that's mostly unknown right now. You know, he's going to be confident. Well, he's known now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he just scored a brace we've on his seen, debut. We, like, we've seen known.
0: we've seen players start like this before, um, notably. You know, Burwine scored that brace against Manchester City on his debut, and then didn't do jack shit for Tottenham for a year after that. So, you know, I, and I'm not saying that. I thought you going to do route. that.
1: I thought you, I thought you were going to jump on the bandwagon. No, but now I'm, you're not gonna say, the yeah, I'm not going to say. I'm not
0: going to say Eduardo's is going to do that. Yeah, I think scoring two goals in your debut and like you know only being on 20 minutes, it's it's that's dreamland for the kid. And you know, he could do something. In, in he's gonna do something at Palace this season. And I know he will, um, and I know I, I, Palace aren't my pick to get relegated anymore. You know this is they, yeah they, they obviously were turned it around they, since yeah they, I mean they, but they were my pick before they got Eduard, but once they got Eduard they had a goal score and I knew they could they could stay up with that. Um, but yeah, I I, I see this you know, this being an exciting side, and uh, you know Patrick Vieira he uh, he said in the press conference after the game he he never loses to Tottenham. So thank you, Patrick keeping up tradition.
1: I feel like this has been a a terrible preview of the Liverpool Crystal Palace match because we're both just so hung up on that that Tottenham win.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, we should talk about Liverpool Sorry, a little bit because Liverpool've <laughs> been have been amazing this season. They're, you know, still up there to, as title contenders. They they drilled Leeds 3-0.
1: Paid a heavy price though, losing Harvey Elliott, the you know, kid wonder. He uh, had his ankle broken with a challenge from Pascal Stroik that I didn't think the challenge was in and of itself terrible. They gave him a red card probably because the injury ended up being horrific, but it's just really unlucky because he was really doing wonders on that right wing for Liverpool and you know, giving Salah more of the freedom to drift inside and do what he wants to do, which is uh, poach for goals. And uh, now I guess that's going to have Trent Alexander-Arnold kind of Pushed back out to the wing and out to wide areas to to make crosses because uh, usually he was coming a little bit more inside, playing kind of a hybrid uh, center midfield slash right midfield role from deeper areas and making passes from there instead. But Harvey Elliott's it's it's horrific because I, I know I know they're a rival team, but Harvey Elliott like in terms of the talent that he has people have been like sharing highlights videos of him ever since he was at like Fulham before he got the transfer when he made his debut, I think at like 16 for Fulham and was tearing it up, like in the development league, he was, you know, getting all this hype. Like I kind of had this attachment to him where I I think of him like that same sort of crop of young English midfielders as, you know, Mason Mount, James Madison, Emile Smith Rowe. I'll, I'll include him Javier. Um, Who's another one I'm thinking of? Actually,
0: I'd include Jacob Jack, Ramsey Jack, from Aston Villa. Well, Jack Grealish is 26, so yeah. Not
1: a- yeah, Jack Grealish is a little bit older, a little bit right. the, the previous generation. Not old by any means, but there's a, a recent crop of attacking midfield players that are kind of number 10s, but can also Foden. kind of play out wide, and they work hard off the ball and really good at pressing high up the field. Foden, that's another one. I knew I was missing one big one. Foden is probably the biggest one, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it, it's... It's terrible to see for Harvey Elliott because he had such a promising start to the season. McNeil, that's uh, another one. McNeil again he's like more of a winger.
0: No, I mean uh, he's he's kind of like do it all. He can play in midfield. He can be a number ten. He can play on the wings. Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, because that's, cause that's kind of. A description and he's only twenty one uh, years
1: old. Those other players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll allow it. He, he'll make a move soon. So for this Crystal Palace game, I, I think I'm Arsenal, gonna. By the way. I, I'm gonna do a two-one Liverpool win. I didn't mean to spend this much time on Liverpool Crystal Palace but I think I'm going 2-1 Liverpool when they, they've shown they've still got the uh the Anfield magic with that win against uh, AC
0: Milan. I think Liverpool uh, it, win too but I don't think it's easy. Um and mm, yeah, I like your 2-1 but I think Palace have enough to to score twice on um on Liverpool. to so say Yeah, I'm going to say 3-2. Okay. 3-2 Liverpool.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Manchester City will have Southampton also during that 10 a.m. window. They've really stacked that window again this week uh, with a lot of, uh, you know, big sides. Uh, nothing notable here. We have, we obviously expect Manchester City to continue their, their sort of five-goal dominance against uh, bottom-half sides. Uh, but it is notable that they had a 6-3 win against Leipzig earlier today in the Champions League opener. Uh, Leipzig... uh, or probably the second toughest team in their group uh, alongside PSG. So that's very impressive that they uh, scored six. I haven't seen the game or the the highlights yet, but that that scoreline leaped out to me. Norwich and Watford will make up that Saturday 10 a.m., uh, slot of games until we come to Aston Villa Everton Saturday at 12 30 p.m. Do you feel like this game deserved to be highlighted Javier? Because uh, it jumped out to me because I feel like we've been underappreciating these two teams so far this season. We've talked about Arsenal. We talked like, for 10 minutes today. I think we've under about we've Chelsea. We should talk,
0: Everton. I don't know about we should give some love to these.
1: The, 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 we should give some love to the early season uh, good performers. I know Aston Villa don't have the record Everton did but I just watched them play Chelsea last weekend and even without two of their better players they were still excellent. And and this game just is like it's really interesting to me because Yeah, I guess Villa it's, at I guess it's unfair to,
0: to Villa because Watkins was suspended for the first couple of games of the season. You know, they had um this all what this, was this he stuff was stuff with Bendia. I think he had a red card in the last game of last season. Okay. Something like that.
1: Well, they have Buendia and, um, yeah. and Martinez we back for this game. Yeah. and
0: Martinez back. I think that's pretty huge for them. I think they're at home. They they need to get a big big win here. And for Everton, I mean they're they have momentum right now. They they've looked pretty comfortable, honestly, in um in all of their wins so far this season and I think they're sitting you know just just behind all the big boys right now, so
1: Well, I think they're level with all the big boys. They're technically, I mean, we're not really looking at the table, but they're on 10 points alongside Liverpool, Chelsea, and Manchester United. They beat Southampton at home on the opening day, drew Leeds away, and then beat Brighton and uh, Burnley. So, honestly, it's too early to say anything. I don't think I'm underappreciating them. I just think they had as good of a start last season. Dominic Calvert-Lewin was scoring goals. I know he didn't play against Burnley the other night, but overall he started the season very well again it was the uh you know middle of the season and, and later in the season when they their team was torn apart by injuries that uh the the, the lack of squad depth got to them so i, I don't, i'm not like surprised by anything just yet and this aston villa game going away from home i, I know their midfield's improved decoré had another very good performance against burnley on monday night with a couple of assists but that villa midfield against chelsea they won the midfield battle against it's us it's not just decoré i know that was it's i know Decore. that was it's, it's De- allen as guess. well yeah, no, I know. But I'm just—I'm saying so Villa, for, I think, have as good of a right midfield now. as Everton was the point I was mm-hmm. trying to get to. Like, Villa's midfield, McGinn, Douglas Louise, Jacob Ramsey was the best player in Villa's squad last week. He was dominant in midfield. And he's only just come out of their academy a year or two ago. He's, he, he's not quite got the scoring and assisting touch yet to really, you know, grab the eyeballs. But when you watch him throughout a game, he's got the energy to run for days win the ball back keep possession well has good tempo in his decision making and you know keeps things moving quickly and very directly he like even if they continue with those three in midfield and Buendia you know doesn't play they still have a really significant threat. They played a, a five at the back with three in midfield and Watkins and Ings up top against Chelsea. What about Tamari and, you know, Gray? Usually... Tamari
0: Gray scored in, in, in three consecutive I, I'm games just saying, so far this season. Yeah, but how many of those teams that they've been playing dangerous. against are as
1: good as Villa? I would say Leeds are the only team that are as good as Villa, I think game, Villa Alex. are better defensively. I it's a
0: mouthwatering game, but I think neither team wins. I'm going to say 2-2. Oh, you
1: bastard. That's a really good pick. You know I don't like to pick the same thing as you. I'm going to say two-one Villa. I think Villa do it. I think they're they're playing well, but it's not reflective uh, in their their league position, which I know again only four games in, but they're in 12th. So they've got two losses already, and they they have one win against Newcastle, a team they would very much expect to beat. So uh, it's these kinds of like 50-50 games that they have to, especially at home, uh, they have to turn this around and win this to make up for results like Watford away. So. Yeah, I'll say 2-1 Villa. Moving on to Sunday at uh, 9 a.m. There's two games going on on Sunday morning, Brighton and Leicester. Don't really need to mention that one, even though uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to Leicester, I think, soon enough. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they do in a couple games here and then get to them. But then also at Sunday at 9 a.m., West Ham hosting Manchester United. Where do you want to start on this one? Uh, I feel like we have to start with the loss Manchester United suffered at Young Boys on a, on Tuesday in their Champions League opener. This seems to me, in my limited discussions with you about it in the last 24 hours, that it's kind of shaken any form of belief that you had in Manchester
0: United being... I've never really like a, had a, like, a belief in them as being a title contender. I've always maintained, as long as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the manager. Ah, uh, yeah,
1: but they—they they may have had you. They may have had you when Ronaldo signed.
0: No, no, because I—I no? I, I don't think it solves the problems that. Three goals
1: in his first two games. I, that doesn't I know. still entice you a bit. No,
0: I mean I think it guarantees they're going to make top four for sure. And but they were already guaranteed to make top four. Yeah. I, I, no, I mean, I think there was always the threat from, like, Leicester or something to, to push them out.
1: No, I'm saying before Ronaldo, they were still a, a very much nailed on favorite for top four. We were, we were saying that before the season started. And when they signed Ronaldo, it was a week before deadline day. But I still stand by the the, the idea that it's legitimately a four-team race for the title. All four teams can legitimately still have hope to win the title. It's it's not, well, not out of the question for any of them. little
0: bit not a little bit I, think, I mean, you. should like, like In said,
1: fact their expectation I was about I think, to say like to, you, you said, you know title. Ronaldo
0: scoring a brace on his debut, um the roar of old Trafford you know after Ronaldo scored that second goal which I have to say, you know, that second goal Ronaldo scored he looked like his, you know, twenty four year old self sprinting through that through, through the, the Newcastle back line and, and putting the ball in, in the back through the keeper again. You know, uh, it, there is something to be said about how bad the keeper was for Ronaldo's two goals. It's He's not going to have it nearly as easy against West Ham. You know, I really want to see, you know, I don't give a shit if he scored against Young Boys and the third choice keeper of Newcastle. Like, I want to see him score against West Ham, you know, um, and he probably will. He probably will. But West Ham so are petty. playing well right now. West Ham are <laughs> playing well right now. They had a good start to the season. I think that that nil nil against Southampton. You know, considering they had a red card, not the worst results. It, it was nil nil.
1: The United Southampton game. No, was the uh, West
0: Ham West Ham West Ham and Southampton. Oh,
1: oh uh, yeah, last weekend. Uh, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot about that game because nothing happened in it other than Antonio. That which is, by the way, that's a huge miss, and that's which probably why the, the I think one United reason, probably um, win this. Is yeah, they're not
0: going to have Antonio, they're not going to have that focus up front, as well as West Ham have played. I think they'll keep it close. I could see them getting a draw. I could see like one-one. I almost want to say that because United have been sputtering recently. I want to say it, because especially because they had that a, midweek, a like they had that midweek game, and they played. Well, their full remember team. West Ham.
1: They're gonna have. They're gonna have uh, Europa League on Thursday. That's so true. that's that's a All new right. challenge then for I'll, them. Then I'll say to... United.
0: Uh, I forgot that they had Europa as well. So I'm gonna say. Let
1: me see who they're playing. Give me a sec. Oh, Leicester and Napoli. That's a good one. Ah, the West Ham are going to Dinamo Zagreb on uh, on Thursday, which is a tough one. We've seen Tottenham, you know, falter there uh, in the last season yeah. in the, in the right. Europa League. I'm gonna, so. I'm
0: gonna change my my prediction based on. I was going to call it for a draw but now I'm going to say United win Manchester United Manchester United remember,
1: West, West Ham are 2-1. also a United 2-1 yeah I, I'm, I'm going to say 3-1 Manchester United uh, remember they have that, that very good away record as well so it uh, should be a good one though there's always a lot of chances and then the big one on Sunday 1130 a.m. Tottenham will host Chelsea it's a uh, part of a, a rough couple of weeks for Tottenham where they obviously have three uh, London derbies in a row that first one was at Crystal Palace. They'll be hosting the European champions on Sunday.
0: And then they'll them. go to Arsenal. Bury them. And then they'll go to Arsenal. Let's Bury do it, Javier. Come these on. Oh, Tottenham, Tottenham
1: want to start the season with three one-nil wins in a row. Let's follow that up with three three-nil wins for the their opponents in a row. We'll get a three-nil this weekend, and then you guys come in next weekend. That sounds good. That
0: sounds excellent, and I like. <laughs> I I know we're gonna to beat Tottenham next weekend too, and you just need to bury bury the hatchet in them right now, you know, un-derail this Nuno train, put them into deep despair, back into the dumps where they belong. I think Chelsea. I know, I'm, I think I'm Chelsea a little concerned about here.
1: this one. I, I would understand why you would say that, but we have not been in terms of when you, Romano, when you watch our games and you see Romano, how Chelsea Romano, are playing.
0: Lukaku is a god. Romelu, as a team, Romelu. as a team,
1: we're just not clicking uh, right Damn now. It, Alex, we're wi- you did join it's, me there?
0: What's going on? It's somewhat on? of
1: a good sign. You're, you're not singing a real song, Javier. <laughs> I made it up on my own. You didn't like it, Alex? It, well, it's hard for someone to sing along with a song that someone else is making up on their own. Oh, that's fair.
0: That's
1: fair. <laughs> After years of acapella, let me tell you, how, yeah, but that's very difficult to also, do. Also,
0: you, you guys haven't had your first choice midfield do, so you mind far. If, do you mind if I just, Come you mind on, if I just say
1: that? Do you mind if I just temper expectations a little no, bit? No, Like I already mentioned I like about you Nuno Espirito Santo, any shitty
0: expectations, Alex. <laughs> He's got he's you're got a very big
1: emphasis. Yes, we are winning the league.
0: We are winning the league. I'm just All right, trying so to temper the expectations going down that a little path bit. Right now, you're fucking up Tottenham. You should. Eat. No, you no, just no. fucked up no, Villa, who are a very good side. Javier, Javier, 3-0. here we go. We're gonna beat them two All All right, I like it, Alex. Two 0 You know, limit Harry Kane chances.
1: Romelu gets one. Mason Mount gets the
0: other. So, guys, Mendy Mendy's played sixty games for Chelsea right now. He's only conceded thirty four goals, and he has. 36 I'm, I'm not ready to move sheets. on. I was. I keep trying That's to make insane. a point
1: about Tottenham, and you keep keep cutting me off and saying I should just talk about how good Chelsea are. I'm trying to temper expectations and be fair here. The the Nuno thing I wanted to bring up, that I think is the one reason Tottenham have somewhat of a chance in this game. They're they're obviously hosting it. There'll be fans back. that we've seen them beat Manchester City on the opening day with the right environment. And this is that big of a game that those fans will definitely be up for with the added bonus of it being Tottenham-Chelsea in, in a London derby. Nuno Espirito Santo has done very well so far from what I can see in drilling that press into that team. Yes, they're not the most creative team, but if you fuck up and give away the ball in the wrong area, they have a good chance of scoring. And that's something that Chelsea did a lot in that Aston Villa game last week. And frankly, we were lucky at times to not concede. It could have... Uh, on the expected goals, I think it was like dead even, like a little over a goal each. But we end up winning three nil because we have Romelu Lukaku. That's how I think this one will end up because I think still think we're we're good enough in midfield. And Jorginho and Kovacic can kind of manage that press and keep it getting circle- circulated back yeah, to the Jorginho's back three. You can be then, back. They, then we can use Lukaku as a, a long outlet ball. He's proven he can play very well off those this season. So I think we'll have enough there you, to beat you, them two nil.
0: Play Saul in the but first. It's half. going to be a don't close two nil.
1: Yeah, we had we had to start Saul because Jorginho played three straight games for Italy, even though they were right. playing. Saul's like, going to get Estonia buried on the bench he where, where he belongs,
0: and you can start, you know, Ingolo God and Jorginho. I don't know if Ingolo
1: and... will be back. I don't think he will. So Jorginho and Kovacic seems right, fine. That's, Kovacic, that's is playing his, Kovacic is playing out of his mind right now. Like we can afford to bench Ingolo Conte because of Kovacic. That's how well he's playing. It's very exciting. Everything's coming up Chelsea at the moment. Didn't even mention we beat Zen at 1-0 to start the Champions League season. To start the defense of the Champions League, Javier. Something you've never been able to say. <laughs> what are you predicting <laughs> for this game? What, what are you predicting for this game? Tottenham-Chelsea. Score prediction. I'm
0: going to say 3-1 Chelsea.
1: Wow, that many. Okay. I'll take it. I don't like the one, though. No,
0: no, no. How are they scoring? Yeah, how are they scoring?
1: We've only conceded off a penalty this season. I don't know know what that is. Eric Kane. Yeah, he usually scores against us, too. Yeah, I'll stick with my 2-0. Clean sheet FC at the minute, Javier. We're going to clean sheet it up until we win the league.
0: You're literally never going to predict Chelsea to concede a goal on this spot. (laughs) You're be we have like, Manchester you're be like, 1-nil, City 1-nil, at home 2-nil, next 2-nil, week. No, we have Manchester City nil. at home
1: next week. I guarantee you, I will predict that we can see a goal at home against Manchester uh, two City. Two
0: one, Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. exactly. Yeah. Two one. There you go. i predicted Alex's a, score a, a for bet next ahead week. Of time.
1: <laughs> you got it. All right, let's wrap things up there, Javier. Thanks for jumping on this one. We got you a good ten minutes of Arsenal to start out.
0: I don't think it was enough. I had so much more to talk about. <laughs>
1: I was going to go the complete opposite way there. I was going to be like, thank me for uh, allowing 10 minutes of Arsenal. But you know what? Again, you guys finally won a game.
0: Just wait till it's, we win three you know, on the try. We, 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 You'll we, be sucking we have us to, off.
1: Our apology has to be as loud as our... Uh, oh God, I'm forgetting the, the, the phrase. <laughs> Whatever. As our slander. Uh, I'm forgetting the phrase. Uh, so we, we were shitting on Arsenal for weeks on end. It's good that we started we started this one off with, you know, a little love for Arsenal. Yeah, now it's we're only 3 right points there. behind
0: Leicester who you were praising earlier.
1: <laughs> Again, Javier, we're not looking at the table yet. No? Even even though you guys were bottom of it last week, but that ah, was just so like you you know, were banter. At the table that, last that was week. just banter. Obviously. You would have done the You're same to me. All right, Javier. Thanks for jumping on this one. You guys can follow us on social media. Javier's Twitter account is at JavierRev9. My Twitter and Instagram is at ASMoss92. And the podcast social media account is at GhostGoalPod. Enjoy the games this weekend. And until next time, see you.